Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Book of Mega Drive in its continuing mission to explore strange new games, seek out new soundtracks, and new forms of Sega entertainment, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before, is Super Star Wars, the unreleased, unfinished beta for Sega Genesis. The crew beaming down with me into this deadly, dangerous, and exciting game are... Hi, it's me, Kania. I changed my name in Discord so I could be the first person on this podcast to say jizz. You're, you're second in line, though. No, I'm first in line. It's I'm first in line. You fucking cut in line. No, I did. Oh, so maybe... bullshit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I renamed myself so that I put an underscore in front of my name so that it wouldn't do that. So I could be at first. No, you're number two. Shrug is supposed to go first. Ugh, I'm an asshole. Again. See, I'm a stickler for the rules. What's happening? Uh, we've already gone off the galactic rails. Uh, Mega Blast. I'm me- Mega Lit on Highway 6. I'm not strapped in. I don't crash. I just skid. You got the cash. I'll make the trip. I make the trip. You better pay. Done worse or less. Don't make my day. I'm not from Earth. From far away, I bust. I bust through chest like baby grays. I'm shrug. Hi, it's me, Romana. Uh, I'm here because I know an awful lot about betas. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Automatic Tiger, and I'm the captain of this ship, head- headed for adventure to find a new romance. How does the Love Boat theme song go? Hi, everyone! This is a very special episode of the Book of Mega Drive. Love, exciting, and new. (laughs) (laughs) Where we talk about a game that not only uh, wasn't ever released, but wasn't even close to finished. Except on Super Nintendo, it was completely finished. Super Star Wars! Um, hailed by many as a very close adaption of the movies, according to multiple reviews I have read. Uh, although I suppose we will find out if that is actually the case as we discuss the game. I, I wanted to do some sort of extra bonus episodes so I could could fit in a few things here and there if an episode was late or if I wanted to celebrate something special or whatever. Uh, and so this seemed like a logical first place to start, which was talking about a game that definitely has enough content to cover a podcast, which is this game that wasn't even finished. Uh, our mission to explore this strange new game uh, that is a lot like another game that was slightly older and came out because it actually was finished will take us through four sectors, Hero's Journey, Industrial Light and Magic, Holocron, and the Death Star Zone? Yes. <laughs> Just be sure not to miss my outer rim. Ha, 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 ha. I, I don't know what that means. I'm sorry. I liked it, though. So, starting us off, set course 
for Mark Hero's Journey. We did it. We're in the hero's journey. Yeah. Side note, the, the bit we were in last was called opening crawl. <laughs> opening crawler. Sand crawler. Here in the hero's journey, we discuss the classic archetypical voyage every hero in classic mythology takes. Which is through one side-scrolling level, then through a vehicular level, and then to a boss level, and repeat it over and over again as written about in every culture this is this is the same story every culture tells that of the heroic action platform game so anyway <laughs> uh, this is yeah this is like we're gonna talk about how it was to play this game that was not finished <laughs> and maybe talk a little bit about um, the actual version of it that was finished which the handful of us who played it definitely didn't play more than three levels of. Hey, I'm, I'm in the fourth level right now. <laughs> I just think it's amazing. I mean, I know the, uh, the Mega Blast version is not uh, finished, but the way that they symbolize uh, Luke's refusal of the call by uh, making the shoot-your-gun button... I would, refusal of the call, of course, is always an essential early step in uh, The Hero's Journey is written about, about uh, specifically by Joseph Campbell, um, how they represent that mechanically, ludically, you might say, uh, by when you hit your blaster button, instead of immediately firing, Luke just stands there like an idiot with his gun out, not shooting, and in order to actually make him shoot, you have to insist that he shoots by pressing, uh, you know, pressing the D-pad in the direction that you want him to blast. So you kind of have to draw him toward it. You have to push him because he's refusing the call to kill all the desert creatures around him. Pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's also fun is sometimes this version of the game... Like, I think we should just discuss this game as a fascinating art object as if it was intended this way, which which it wasn't. That the gun always works, but you don't always see the gun working. Oh, that's why. So you, the bullets are there, but you can't see them. Okay, that explains why yes. I'm so confused. But sometimes you can see them. Uh, to give you a basic idea of how Super Star Wars, a very well-known game, plays, it's it's a side-scrolling platformer. You play as Luke Skywalker, or in this version, um, and all the versions, sometimes you can play as Han Solo. There's actually a little dip switch at the beginning of this version. Because this is, again, a recently uncovered, unreleased, calling it a beta is too generous. This is probably an Omega. That is not a technical term. Um, 
I mean, this is like a surprising, like there's a surprising amount of like the first level is mostly complete. Like, yeah, the fir- first level is, is uh, that's that's what's really interesting to me about it. Some of the levels in this game are stunningly complete. Like they got most of the way through uh, doing some of the mode seven style stages, even. Yeah, like there's there's a demo for what they could do with the mode seven stuff. So like that's the sand racer. What the fuck is that? It's a hoverboat. I don't fucking know. <sighs> it's called a speeder. Okay, sorry. The speeder levels, and then there's uh there's actually like a a big boss, the lava demon. That seems to be mostly there, if not complete. Like I don't think you can actually hurt it, but you know there's a lot going on here. I I think it's more than a beta. Yeah. The, well. Oh. Okay. So, because the internet has made it very unclear what beta means, and Ramona, you can correct me if I'm wrong about this, a beta is a feature complete is a feature complete game that is ready for testing. Basically, like it might not okay, be finished all the way, but it's ready for testing. Alpha is when it's only internal testing. Beta is when it moves on to like secondary, semi-external testing, or even full-on external testing. Uh, so this is pre-alpha. Yeah, this game is... Me- there are some levels because when you... Um, when it launches, it gives you uh, a choice of... It doesn't even have a title screen. It just says, uh, player, you can enter one or two. You can choose a level to load. You can choose a cutscene to load, none of which worked for me. I actually, in order to select any of the levels, uh, I had to or select any of the menu items, I had to unplug my controller every time I was on the menu because otherwise it would just constantly scroll. I don't know what was going on there. So I would have to select with a D-pad and then hit enter and then plug my pad in, at which point everything would work fine. Um, but later levels, for example, uh, like there's a one that's like Rescue Princess Leia. You hit on that... You, you punch the button on that, and it just says, uh, there's a title that says, uh, Ray, you rescue the Princess Leia level or something. And you, you know, hit. Side-scrolling, rescue Princess yeah. Leia. Side-scrolling, rescue Princess Leia, you hit A, you go back to the menu. Uh, there, the final level you can select is Death Star Run, and it says, first person, Death Star Run. And there's no level. Uh, some of the Levels that are there are just empty boxes. There is at least one uh, boss level that's just a background, and you can run around and there's nothing in there. You have to reset. The detention Um, block boss, I believe. Yes, uh, there's a level where Luke basically fights the ED-209, my favorite Star Wars character, and which is a very, very big enemy. Big robot, it basically just does the same animation over and over. It doesn't really move, and I just was able to shoot it in the leg over and over. So I think they didn't have all of its animations finished. So it's partially complete, and you can kill it, but it's obviously not done. So it's very patchy. And one like big difference between this and the original is that it takes you most of the game to get a lightsaber as Luke in Super Star Wars. Like you don't get it for a few levels at least. Maybe not most of the game, but a few levels. And you got a lightsaber from the beginning in this when you play as Luke. 
you can also play as Han Solo as well. Um, the, there's a little there's a little thing that says players, and it says one two, and you'd think, oh, is that a two player mode? No, if it's one, it's Luke, and if it's two, it's Han Solo. And if you play as Han Solo, the game has a lot of slowdown that is not present when playing as Luke, which just led me to keep wondering why the hell would that be the case. Uh, the answer is because, much like Harrison Ford himself, uh, video game Han Solo phones in his delivery. I thought, <laughs> I thought you were going to say that, much like uh, Hans, uh, Harrison Ford himself, uh, video game Han Solo is blazed 24-7. So you're just getting his subjective experience of the world. I like that. Did any of you discover the manual slowdown? Feature. Yes, and no, I couldn't I figure out how to turn it off. Like oh. it, it's it's great. Uh, you when you pause a little, uh, like normally the the only real HUD is up in the corner. It in the top left corner it says, "Hey, you're this character, Luke," and then it'll say over in the corner there's a score readout that doesn't work it's like khx 1138 or something haha uh, reference. references reference. but if you press up when when you hit start your character name gets replaced with 0000 and if you press up on the d-pad the number starts going up and the higher you put the number the slower the game runs when you unpause. Oh, yeah. There's a whole bunch of stuff in that debug menu. If you start hitting bun- buttons in there, you can um, create enemies at where whatever Luke's location is, but you can also move on the screen to whatever. So you can just sort of fly through the air and then place an enemy. It'll place an enemy as soon as you unpause whatever enemy you've selected. But again, I couldn't figure out much of this. I'm not patient enough to like mess with these menus, but there was a lot of weird stuff going on behind the scenes. So yeah, that number, I didn't realize it was slowing the game. That was really annoying. (laughs) I just used it to take pictures of awkward animations. Because it starts, it obviously the game isn't like designed to smoothly accept your (laughs) commands when it's running it, you know. But it did accurately capture that fight scene in Return of the Jedi where Luke misses a kick by a mile. Yeah, you get to do the force (laughs) kick. But I I just took a bunch of screenshots of how kind of weird his uh, spinning lightsaber move looks. That's how I beat the first level. Finally, I just started uh, mashing the spinny spinny with the lightsaber move. I Sonic the Hedgehog all the way across the dunes. Uh, I just ran forward and jumped over everything. That actually worked really well, too. Let me tell you, that strategy kind of works in real Super Star Wars. There's also a slide kick in Super Star Wars that is way faster than walking. Also, this game is a goddamn misery. I'm on level five now, baby. And the fucking sand crawler level was mostly platforming and a couple of blind jumps. So that's fun. Oh, good. You're talking about the actual release game. And I was like, I don't want to be dicks to the people who didn't finish the game. Oh, yeah. No, even if this game had been finished, it would have been Super Star Wars, you know? So that's a problem. (laughs) This is 
this is an interesting thing about Super Star Wars is that it has an extremely positive reputation for some reason. Like maybe this is a different category, but what the fuck? This game isn't finished, so this is this podcast is an is in open beta. Yeah, the funny thing, this podcast will never be finished either. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, Jim's over, everyone. Thanks for listening. And the ballet goes on. Just, just dump to to get the real experience of this. Just dump this podcast with no editing out into the world. Mm-hmm. Yep, and just cut to black like The Sopranos. It's art, baby. <laughs> but but have the audio slow down every time I talk. <laughs> David Lynch's Star Wars Sopranos edition. But yeah, anyway, it's it's interesting that like I I have just been kind of really confused by by super star wars positive reputation it's it's a pretty game like it's a it's an aesthetically pleasing game but any game where you have to watch like someone crouch for a second before they actually jump when you're playing a uh you know lightning fast run and gun which is what this game sort of wants to be yeah it's that's uh that's no fun that's no fun I, you know, I'm I'm playing through it, and I think one of the interesting things about it is it's actually fairly forgiving in a way. So far, like, there's a timer, but it's just for points. If you run out, oh well. You can grind for health pickups, so that's nice. You know, it's it's very pretty, The it, and it's Star Wars. Like, it's fucking Star Wars. Like, that's pretty much what I think the positive reception is. It's not bad. I'm not going to sit here and call this a bad game. It definitely doesn't meet like my modern conception of what a video game should be. And I have a theory about that that I want to share. But I don't know if this is the time or the place, but it's about Star Wars here and in the future. How about we put that in Holocron? <laughs> Holocron, got it. It is interesting because it's it's trying to make a game out of a movie that like, in theory, I guess you could make a game out of the first Star Wars movie. Uh, I guess. But it's got to pad a lot, so there's a lot of enemies that you need to add. So instead of like just you know buying the droids from the Jawas, Luke has to murder a lot of Jawas. Like it, this is kind of the archetypical example of of, vid- of how video games only have the verb kill, right? Oh my god! I just got a blaster power up that turns them into homing missiles. <laughs> they go through walls. <laughs> Uh, there's, I loaded a stage called Bantha Level, and you're on what appears to be a blasted plane with mountains in the background. On Tatooine, you run forward, and there's, uh, Bantha, uh, and he just opens his mouth at you, and then if you shoot him in his mouth, you eventually explode, and part of its body appears... Like just part of part of part of the the bantha pixels appears behind you, and just hovers there. And if you run forward a little bit, it scrolls, and you face the bantha again, and you can scrub and repeat. That's the bantha level, it's endlessly exploding banthas. I'm sure bantha sounds like a weird dream I've had. The bantha doesn't do anything unless you run into its mouth, and then you take damage, and. Sometimes it moves forward a little bit. It's worth noting that Super Star Wars has a very large health bar. Um, 
but you can't see it in this beta, so you just sort of die eventually. <laughs> yeah, but and it's there. Like there's definitely a health bar there. Yeah, it's definitely it exists as a number somewhere. <laughs> not a visible number that I can find. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> okay, it was not endless after shooting four banthas, maybe maybe three in the face. Uh, I beat the level. That that's it. Bantha stage. I feel like that does deserve some kind of award on its own. I'm sure not being able to see the life bar has something to do with the hero's journey by Joseph Campbell, who also thought women couldn't take the hero's journey. So I think the way it it relates is that Joseph Campbell had no life. Although the game does reference uh, his work by having uh, the B button be the fire button, you know, as, as I saw Campbell say in an interview once, yeah, fire, fire theft. Yeah, first part of the hero's journey is taking the fire, just like in the Olympics. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> God, I hate Joseph Campbell. Like, not even joking. At least he wasn't a fascist like Eliade. <laughs> Actually, maybe maybe he was. I don't know. I've never looked into that. That whole group of dudes, though. All of those guys. <sighs> it's good to know literally every culture on the planet has a retelling of the life of Jesus Christ and Buddha. I have so few opinions on Joseph Campbell, it's shocking. I had, to, I, I had a college course that was just talking about Joseph Campbell for like two months straight. Not two months. Uh, I once intentionally sat through a YouTube video essay where uh, Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey was uh, used to describe the storytelling of From Software's Bloodborne on PlayStation 4. That is... That's misery. That's the Dark Souls of YouTube videos. It's a Bloodborne. Okay. Any other wacky weirdness about the like we can there's going to be more wacky weirdness but like yeah so it's an unfinished run and gun for the most part yeah like what else is unfinished there's only two songs three songs um yeah yeah, half the levels use the cantina music because someone at the development team was definitely a big fan of jizz (laughs) what is that an industrial that sounds like sound industrial light and that's magic a, baby yeah that sounds like we need to go to industrial light and magic I mean, someone on this development team was definitely jerking off.
Can I? Can I, Oh, a secret. Oh shit! I found a secret in Super Star Wars. Hold on. <laughs> Quick intro. Uh, we are in the Industrial Light and Magic Zone, where we discuss all of the cutting edge multimedia effects pioneered by Super Star Wars. I guess that's not true. It's sound and music and visuals, and I'm going to use this for some extra details. So, for a game that isn't finished and basically copied all of its graphics from a version of a game on a completely different system this game looks okay yeah like all of the enemies that jump out at you from behind the fucking sand rocks and like multiply the scorpions and the goddamn gremlins from the movie gremlins like they look great i hate all of them The lightsaber beam looks like it's made out of PVC pipe, but it might not be finished yet. To be fair, in some shots in the original Star Wars, the lightsaber doesn't look blue, it looks white because of the way they uh, filmed it. So that, I think, is a creative choice referencing that, and definitely not a matter of a different palette system between Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. I think it's probably a reference to the few shots where the rotoscope artist missed it and you just see that little like bit of vibrating reflective tape they had standing in for it. I want to know why I can't get past this fucking laser barrier. Um, Luke Skywalker looks like Guybrush Threepwood was my first observation. Um, and I was like, why, is Luke, why does Guybrush Threepwood have a fucking sword? Um, that was my major observation from from the of the graphics of this game could it be that lucas arts made both games no they this is they impossible actually they actually impossible. To that. well luckily well, i did not spend more than 20 dollars on this computer game <laughs> <laughs> i knew you could make that into something <laughs> Um, I never want to hear the fucking Cantina song in, it, in this super farty rendition ever again. I hate it. This is the kind of music that made me think the FM chip sucks. It doesn't. FM synth doesn't suck. But these songs kind of do. <laughs> I bet it used gems, and not in the good way that Kurt Harlan uses gems. So, could you talk about gems a bit? Because I feel like we've had a lot of episodes where we reference gems, but we don't really talk about what it is very much and we might as well use this episode for something of worth to somebody yeah i think i talked about it when we were talking about nightmare circus like when i wasn't talking about the insane clown posse yeah anyway uh so gems it was a um a sound driver that was developed for american developers who uh needed help figuring out how to program sounds for the Sega Genesis. Uh, And it could be used well. There were a few games where that was the case, but for the most part, uh, developers either did not know how or want to replace the default samples that the program came with, which sounded like shit, and were only there as examples, so... There's a reason why a lot of like Sega Genesis games have this reputation of like, oh, it all sounds like a bunch of diarrhea, 
and it's just because like developers were trying to make songs with these terrible samples. That's why. That's why like there's so many uh, Japanese games on the Mega Drive that sound infinitely better than a lot of American games because they made their own sound drivers and had like uh, people who like knew what they were doing. Uh, so yeah, so gems. Uh, it tends to, and deservedly so, have a very bad reputation. One might say Gems is outrageous, but not in a good way. Uh, it's definitely not a diamond in a rough. It's like a piece of fool's gold in a litter box. <laughs> <laughs> the worst kind of prospecting is just <laughs> panning for fool's gold in a cat box. Since there's so little music and basically the graphics are, it looks like Super Star Wars, which I guess we could describe, but I kind of have this weird feeling we might come back to Super Star Wars on the actual, you know, Snake Exploration Squad someday. God, no, please. <laughs> hey, it's better than doing Fune Taro twice. <laughs> or once. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, anymore. wink. Wink? Wink. Wink. Why not talk about it here? Uh... This game takes some creative liberties with the sort of stuff you see in Star Wars. It basically decides you need to kill everything in the original movies, and even then, it doesn't have enough stuff to kill. Yeah, that's because Han shot first, so there was nothing left for Luke to take care of. <laughs> yeah, I know a couple things about Star Wars. Just because I watch sports and I'm not a nerd doesn't mean I don't know anything about Star Wars. <laughs> McClunky? That's all I know. Oh my god. Oh oh my god. I hate this. Wow, there's a lot going on in this game. Oh, my health sword is getting huge. My health sword is huge right now. <laughs> Look, this this game... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a screenshot and someone needs to tell me if this is a monster that was in Star Wars when I wasn't looking. This is perfect because I can explain what you're seeing. Well, my computer's frozen. What the fuck? Hold on. But yeah, uh, there's a number of things that I've tried to actually find origins for, and tragically, if you like, there's some that have really obvious origins in the movie, but I was kind of hoping, like, maybe this is from some kind of piece of Ralph McQuarrie concept art, but most of it isn't. What is that? It's got a big exposed brain, it's got four arms, it's green, it's got big teeth, it looks like nothing I've ever seen in Star Wars, personally. Uh, probably a reference to Spaceballs. It's got that in's mouth look, in my opinion. It does. I have no idea what the hell that thing is. I never expected to stump you on a Star Wars thing. <laughs> yes. No, this this game is just... Yeah, it's, it is it is the... To me, the very... Like, platonic ideal of the misguided video game adaptation. Like, it's very... Like you said, they add a bunch of stuff to kill... They had mazes and platforming challenges that weren't there. And, you know, you'd think a Jedi would be perfect for this. Like, he can jump real high, and he's got a sword and shit. But you, you don't have a sword, and the jumping is miserable because it's so fast. But, like, you can't see very much. So you're not necessarily making leaps of faith, but they're very close to that. It's just... I don't know. The whole, the whole, th I'm like, I'm still playing it. Like I'm pushing through it. And like, interestingly, I, it, it's not as hard as like the reputation around super star Wars is that it's this like fucking brutal, difficult game. And I think the later ones are, but this first one, not so much. Also the progressive blaster upgrades are progressively making them 
worse. When they were homing missiles, definitely the best. Then they turned into bouncing explodo bombs, but those don't go through walls or track. And now they are at these weird wave blaster things that don't explode and also don't bounce. So I don't understand what's happening. I'm guessing it does more damage, but come on. <laughs> I, I want to I want to clarify that the thing you were talking about, which is a green, honest to God, closest thing I can think of, is it looks like if you combined Kraid from Super Metroid with the Merida boss from Super Metroid, like the weird fish thing, and then made it small. And that thing is called a spit-a-pillar. It's called a what? <laughs> a spit-a-pillar. Ah, George Lucas, you've struck gold again. <laughs> well, now it's a fucking dead killer <laughs> See, he really should have uh, gone all in with the whole video game design thing. They're not leaps of faith, Kenya. They're leaps of the Force. God damn it. <laughs> This this game had just had its first instant death pit, which was infuriating because you have this super long health bar that can last through like tons and tons of damage. And then I just fell in some lava, which was, by the way, at the bottom of a screen I couldn't fucking see, and I died. And I'm glad I am I'm, I'm abusing save states. I, I you know what I take it back. This game I was like, oh it's not that hard. This game is too hard. Fuck this game. <laughs> What actually surprised me about all the weird enemies in this game is I assumed some of them were just taken from, like, the Star Wars role-playing game, right? And some of them are, but not all of them. Star Wars role-playing game? You mean Final Fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! This lava's instant kill, and now I'm doing these extremely hard platforming challenges, and you get pushed off of platforms. God! This game. Okay, yeah, fuck this game. Anyway, I think we've talked about the industrial light and magic of this game. At least that's as much as we're probably going to. This is an in-depth episode. On to the next zone. Uh, we've uncovered a holocron. Holocron, Holocron, does whatever a Holocron. Here in the Holocron Zone, we uh, reach out through the Force to this geometric shape which glows and then reveals secrets of the Jedi and Sith to us. And also, none of this will ever be acknowledged as existing in a mainline Disney Star Wars film, which there's just like some rule at Disney where they're like, we can't say the word holocron in one of these movies. That's the real reason that they fired what's-his-face. Kevin Fage. The Jurassic World Buckman. Chris Pratt. <laughs> Him too. Yeah. But yes. He had a holocron in his script. Justice for the guy that made bad movies, but maybe... Maybe Star Wars would have been good. Let's live in that fantasy world forever together. 
in my opinion, I would have rather watched that bad Star Wars movie than the bad Star Wars movie we got. Yeah, fair. Yeah, Chris Pratt, you're a fuckboy. <laughs> All, All right. promoting that cult church and shit. Yeah, Chris Pratt. What a hey what guys! A... I was on Parks and Recreation. Oh, I'm wacky. <laughs> Gays. <Ooh. laughs> or like Chris shat his pants. Ah, another good one. A patented Kenya zinger. Anyway, um, the Holocron Zone is where we talk about peripheral stuff to the game, like its development history, uh, stuff relating to the game. You know, maybe reviews, maybe articles. If it's based on a piece of media, the piece of media. And yeah, this is probably basically the cast. So, this bad boy, uh, the Super Star Wars prototype, was actually just uncovered by the Hidden Palace this year. I think in association with uh, the cutting room floor. Because as happens sometimes, there are uh, mysterious cartridges, either in the possession of original developers or, you know, at some antique shop or something where people will find a a cartridge with a reprogrammable ROM chip and it was programmed to a version of an unfinished game. And they found it and they uploaded it to the internet and they disseminated it across the internet. And thanks to modern technology, I can put it onto a flash cart and play it on an actual Sega Genesis, which I did. And that's just fucking wild to me, isn't it? That we can do that now. Welcome to the future of retro. Is that how that works? Welcome to the future of the past. I'm Philip K. Dick. Welcome to the future of the past in my twisted mind. I'm sorry. Does that mean we have to? Do we have to play some shitty games that suck ass now? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've been I've been sitting on this theory since uh actually before you even mentioned doing this cast because i was thinking about something else and occurred to me and this is the perfect venue for me spouting my dumb bullshit so be prepared um go ahead i have some too yeah cool all right so super star wars is like the epitome of the super nintendo era like game to movie to game adaptation it's very literal in what it wants you to do um in terms of let's reenact what happens in the movie um but then it also tries to video gamify it and it's just like the worst of both worlds in a lot of ways you know it doesn't have the energy of the movie appropriately but the energy of the game itself is pretty gnarly and i think like part of that is is just the concept of turning a movie into a game wasn't new but they're still trying to feel that out. And I don't think people were ready for anything more than literally this. Like when Goonies 2 came out, like people lost their shit because they're like, well, there's no Goonies 2 movie. So what is it? What could this even possibly be? How could this be a video game? Um, so, you know, if you made Star Wars and it was like about, you know, Boba Fett's adventures in the, the Sarlacc ball pit or whatever, um, like that's, you know, that's beyond the, the, the can of mortals at that time. Um, and then you take a generational jump, right? And you have fucking Star Wars Shadows of the Empire, which is like, it is still based on an existing property, but it's much more complex version of that. It's not based on a specific Star Wars movie, but it is based on a specific Star Wars novel. But the protagonist has changed. Now we're playing some character who is mostly off screen, so to speak, 
in the novel, which I have never read, so I don't I don't actually know. But I played a lot of Shadows of the Empire. So, so the comic book. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's also a comic book, right? So you're playing like his Dirk Blaster or whatever the fuck. And like <laughs> that's that's a little It was an early transmedia experience. Yes. Dash Rendar. I don't know that name. I never played Shadows of the Empire. I remember falling for the hype, but I did not have a Nintendo 64 because I was smart and got a PlayStation. That was the correct move, except for this one game, which I still insist is a bizarre thing. It's really great. (laughs) It's interesting, but like if you had PlayStation, you could play Dark Forces, where you could play the character who is literally the same character as Dash Rendar, but better, Kyle Katarn. Uh, or you yes. can play Star Wars Masters of Terrorist Kasai, which was Tekken, but was Star Wars. It's Terrorist Cassie. God damn it. It's been pronounced in an official Star Wars movie now by the lady that murdered all those people with her dragons. And I will not have you come on to this cast with your bare face hanging out and pronounce it Terrorist Ka- <laughs> All right, sorry, Terrace Kasi. Anyway, I, I have I don't even know issues. If that says it. I, anyway, I have issues with Lucasfilm being really shitty towards sex workers by naming one of the characters whore. Wait, what? Uh, yeah, there's a character in uh, the fi- Star Wars fighting game, uh, and his name is spelled H O A R R. This is whore. Isn't that the, yeah, the yeah. They person? named a, they named a character whore. He's like some big orc-looking dude. Named Whore. Oh. oh my god, a Gamorrean. And I know it's a Gamorrean. From damn it. Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, <laughs> Wait, my- does Star Wars actually have like a race of people called Gamorreans? That's fucking stupid. What the fuck? God, yeah, the space orcs. <laughs> fucking hack. You piece of shit. Oh, uh, fucking, what if Hideo Kojima were American? He'd be George Lucas. That's not a compliment. I <laughs> <laughs> review. Uh... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Gamorians. Turns out the, the Gamor- Gamorian's name is Thok. The, the uh, sand person is whore. H-R-A-R. Oh my god, that's even worse. <laughs> oh no. Wait, anyway, the sand, people, like, the sand people are the ones that like throw their fists in the air and they don't speak. They're just like, or whatever. Yes, the ones that are, god damn it, we cannot avoid this fucking mic. The ones that are basically an indigenous American analog. Yeah. I think it's kind of, I think they're, they're more like, I mean, in the Mandalorian, the, the way they approach them it seems to be. They seem to be trying to be like indigenous American analogs, but I think their original treatment was like a combination of, uh, you know, generic nomadic Middle Easterner, like Berbers or what have you, and uh, like great game era uh, Afghan people, hence the uh, Giselle-like weapons they hold. Like two different, uh, vaguely, uh, it was like two different tropes from uh, colonial adventure fiction that were sort of smashed together um, because they were 
similar enough in George Lucas's brain. Anyway. I'm glad you can... It's complicated. I'm glad you can explain exactly what kind of weird racist George Lucas is. I'm really good at figuring out the threads of weird racism. I don't really know... I need to figure out how to make money doing this. In a way that's not just being a weird racist. (laughs) I just don't think it's like is really willing to call out George Lucas on his racism, especially after he um, killed J.J. Abrams using the Satsui no Hado. I don't get it. <laughs> but I don't care. <laughs> Look, my whole point is that people were not media literate enough to handle a proper movie-to-game conversion it couldn't happen. People's minds would have been broken. Nobody would have bought it. It was pointless. That's my that's my theory. And I think that I think that Shadows of the Empire. And then later, later that Xbox 360 game I said out loud earlier, The Force Unleashed, was a great example of them just being like, "Fuck it, it's a new story." That's that the Force un, the Force Unleashed is a sign of media literacy. That's my theory. So there's a couple. There's two thoughts I want to pull from that. One is every single review, like so many reviews. I read reviews of Super Star Wars and remarkably there was a really consistent theme, whether they liked it or didn't like the game. All of them said this was a really accurate adaption of the movie. And that's, that's absurd to me. Right. But compared with other stuff at the time, it was, it followed the beats of the movie's story when you weren't killing everything else versus like almost every other movie adaptation would just go off the fucking rails at the first sign of like, well, we don't know how to do this from the movie or like, it's not long enough. Like, I think the Goonies is actually a great example of that as well. That's a weird game. <laughs> I mean, Kania, I just, I, I just rewatched the first Star Wars movie and I, and I just don't remember the part where Luke killed all of the Jawas on a sandcrawler and then entered the sandcrawler and killed further Jawas and then went to the bottom of the sandcrawler where the Jawas had a lava pit and a lava monster and Luke killed the lava monster and that's when he went to Moss Eisley. I just don't remember that part. I think that's in the special edition. The scene where Luke misses his kick by a mile, he's actually punting a Jawa off screen, like those enemies in that uh, one Fist of the North Star game that was also on Sega Genesis. Now, the other thing that's interesting about it when you when you say Shadows of the Empire, which was also a little after, um, I think it was after Rebel Assault, and it was maybe even both Rebel Assault games, and I think it was at, after... Uh, X-Wing, and maybe even after TIE Fighter, um, is what's interesting is that there is a difference between Shadows of the Empire and all of those games I just mentioned and this, which is that this game was built by a company called Sculptured Software, which was an outfit out of Salt Lake City that would make games like this basically on demand, and the difference with all of those was that those were by LucasArts. And what's interesting about LucasArts is originally LucasArts was supposed to be like an experimental art house game studio. It was supposed to be sort of like uh, a place where it didn't, 
Lucas had a bunch of money and he thought video games were cool. So he just funneled money down the money tube to Lucas, to Lucasfilm games and then LucasArts and basically was just like, I don't care if you make money, just make some stuff. And it was not actually for years. Like it would take LucasArts years to make a Star Wars game. And what they did way before they made any Star Wars games was they started experimenting with telling stories in video games. And so once they started getting into Star Wars games, their first thought was, well, why don't we take the, our like writing acumen and bring this to Star Wars games? So wait, which was the game that they made first? I cannot, I cannot remember off the top of my head. It was, it was either X-Wing or Rebel Assault. Ah, yeah, and neither of which I've I've played. Like, yeah, and I think like so. Wait a minute. So, Star Wars: Shadows of the Empire wasn't made was not made by LucasArts. No, it was. Oh, it was. Okay, interesting. So, yeah, so that's kind of an interesting point as well. I think like my larger theory really rests on a lot of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just no, guessing. no, I agree. <laughs> no, I agree with you. No, I'm just like illustrating why I think that's the case. LucasArts is an interesting game company because they were actually really influential as a game company. It wasn't just that it was Star Wars, right? Right. I mean, because they, they did do like Monkey Island and all of those adventure games. They did the Indiana Jones game, right? The um the the one that's not Fate a fucked up platformer. Yeah. Um, which I have heard is very good. Also, did yeah, did, Fate of Atlantis rules. Did 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 Sculptured Software make the the god awful Indiana Jones game on the Super Nintendo? Because I feel like it has very much in common with Super Star Wars. That was Factor Five somehow. What the fuck, they're so yes, similar. Yes. What's interesting is Factor Five would then go on to do kind of this this sort of conception of let's take scenes from the movie and turn it into a video game. And completely hit it out of the fucking park with the Rogue Squadron games. Ooh, I, I do love those games. Yeah. So, so yeah, in any case, I think that, like, I'm a big, like, I'm a big fan of watching people's media literacy get better, which I think that is one of the things people don't talk about with the Marvel movies very much, is that the reason that those are so popular is partially because, yes, they are pretty much wrote movies right now but if you had put those out 30 years ago um they would have been fucking which oh my god that's 1990 let's say 40 years ago jesus um yeah <laughs> they, they people think, wouldn't have been able to follow them you know i think we might be hurtling up to 50 with star wars actually oh jesus anyway it's just it's it's interesting i i want i want to I was going to take a class at a college, which, you know, I think if I set foot on a college at this point, I might, I would light on fire or something, but it'd be something about media literacy. I don't know. It's just fucking interesting. Star Wars is 43 years old. Almost 44. Wow. Sculptured software. They made terrible arcade ports and a bunch of really shitty wrestling games that sold millions of copies because we were all young and stupid and didn't know better. Oh, Indiana Jones' Greatest Adventures uses the same engine as the Super Star Wars series. So it uses the same engine, but developed by different people. That's fucking okay, weird. Okay, so that explains why it's extremely similar, but slightly worse. Oh, it is definitely worse. Like, I, I couldn't see, like, Super Star Wars, like, I could see myself, if I was a kid in 1992, playing this game and saying, this is fun, I'm having a good time. I, I don't really think I could see that with Indiana Jones' Greatest Adventures. 
no, it wasn't fun even when I got it when it kind of first came out. So, yep. Oh, right. You actually, that actually happened. Like, that's not a <laughs> hypothetical. We can test that. Yeah, I played enough. of I probably put like five or six hours into it and I never got past like... I think the fifth level or something. It was horrible. Anyway, li- go listen to that that podcast episode XX. I don't remember. I'm not on it anyway. But go listen to that episode. It's an exploration. <laughs> I uh, have important news about a Tuscan Raider horror, aka whore. His Wikipedia page is kind of weird. It is not formatted in the usual canon or legends uh, way. I I don't think anyone's really uh, giving it much uh, tender loving care, but in the early life section of his biography, uh, let's see, uh, the Ruhr clan captured a human named uh, Shmi Skywalker Lars, Soon after, the Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker came to rescue his captive mother, and upon seeing her dying in his arms, ended up slaughtering the whole village in a fit of rage. Hor was the sole survivor of the carnage because he had been away bonding with his Bantha at the time. <laughs> so, this uh, fighting game character known as Hor is the only survivor from the village. That was uh, massacred by Anakin Skywalker. I desperately need to know where this information is from because that game was definitely before the prequels. This is really sources: Insider, Be the Jedi, New LucasArts games, the complete Star Wars encyclopedia, Star Wars: Barely Tolerable Alien Henchmen of the Empire Part Two on StarWars.com. So it may just be like somebody wrote a colorful article about him at some point that gave a bunch of life details but it did appear on starwars.com so fascinating i think this game was actually influential to at least one piece of later star wars media and it's kind of weird that it is so uh warning i'm going to spoil the events of the second episode of the mandalorian oh no i was going to watch that show it kind of rules, but it's dumb as shit. That's why I like it. I, I I also just don't care about spoilers at all. You can Whoever designed that fight scene that used... <laughs> no one's going to do that shit with fucking tongs, blacksmith tongs, if they've ever actually... <laughs> so, in the second episode, the main character's ship is, like, disassembled by Jawas. And he gets angry, and he chases after the Jawas, and the fir- and the Jawa level of Super Star Wars happens on screen. Yeah, like the it bit does. where Luke in Super Star Wars like just attacks all these Jawas on a sand crawler that's rolling forward, and like he's jumping all over the place and killing all these Jawas who are all shooting at him. That just happens in the Mandalorian. That's pretty awesome, actually. If yeah, it's if- it's it's pretty awesome. <laughs> I want to, yeah, I do kind of want to see it. If I had more time for, like, vaguely trashy TV, I probably would watch it. It's just the popcorniest TV ever. It has absolutely no pretensions, and that's what's great about it. It is just some some fuck-up who dresses like Boba Fett and constantly screws up shit, goes from planet to planet, having weird laser fights, and that's the show. 
Oh my god, it sounds perfect. And there's a cute puppet in it. That's <laughs> they, it. they finally brought in baby whore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds illegal. <laughs> I'm sorry I uttered <laughs> the phrase baby whore now, actually, now that I say it out loud. I'm sorry. <laughs> we know that sand people have children because even if we haven't seen any because Anakin Skywalker did say that he killed all of them including the women and the children. Shortly before that scene we see the children. And then Podmes that's right Podme that's what Anakin called her because uh, his only joy when he was a child was pod racing so (laughs) he um like to think of her as uh, his biological pod racer that sent his emotions racing and she knew that he was poorly socialized and didn't, you know, want to didn't want to make him feel self-conscious by talking about how it made her feel uncomfortable that she was being compared to an inanimate object uh, that caused many, many deaths for the sake of Hut gambling. Anyway, um, <laughs> Padme said, oh my word, I've never been more turned on than I am at this moment. Please kiss me before the bug arena. My massacring man. You're a man now. I no longer see that little boy that I first met. I only see a strong and powerful killer. Strongest killer in all the galaxy. I want your powerful Jedi babies inside of me. God, remember the scene where he is like, the problem with democracy is people can vote wrong, and that's why fascism's great? Oh, Annie, you say the darndest thing sometimes. Ha ha ha. Opposites attract, you know, uh, strong student activists, you know, people into democracy, and uh, kids who want to be fascists when they grow if up. If only I could make everybody do everything I want. I'm going to go do a big murder now. Okay. It's really funny how even, like, the later Star Wars stuff just sort of pretends that didn't happen. Like, it just doesn't come up much. There's no, like, uh, dark flashbacks to uh, his crimes against uh, humanity? I remembered a comic book, and, and this is absolutely fucking true. There is a comic book where in order to relax and unwind... Uh, as Darth Vader, this is after, well after the prequels, he's in his Darth Vader suit. He goes to Tatooine and kills Tusken Raiders for fun to unwind. It's almost like as their, their sizzling body parts fall into the, the, the swirling sand. It's almost like he's free of the suit again and, uh, his beloved future wife is waiting for him. In his stepdad's garage. Anyway, um, I think we should be moving on. And I just want to tell you, if you're like uh, listening to this podcast to hear about in depth about the development of this game, it turns out the entire story was they were like, hey, we should port Super Star Wars to other platforms and we'll make a lot of money. And then they decided, wait a minute, that's probably more trouble than it's worth. And it got canceled. The end. It got canceled because it sent a bunch of bad tweets. And... uh, 
if you want to play an unfinished game, I would definitely recommend um what was it? Is it Nightmare? Oh, uh yeah, that one. What the fuck was it called? The one that we played on Snacks. God damn it, yeah. I can't remember it. That other A- atmosphere. Atmosphere. Thank yeah. you. Atmosphere. atmosphere. Yeah. Because that's, that a, one... that's a pretty fun one. Yeah, that, I, I, I wasn't even on that one. I, I know what the title is. What's going on? <laughs> it's just, you know, I you're just a genius. It's okay. We're just <laughs> just uh, yeah, I know peasants. You're, you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> you're the uh, alpha. The YouTube channel that I I've never watched one of the their videos, but I think they're very popular. Has uh, two separate videos released uh, eight months apart. Uh, well, the first one was in December twenty first, twenty sixteen. The second in August eleventh, twenty seventeen. Uh, how Darth Vader returned to Tatooine and slaughtered the Tuscan the Tuscan Raiders. Four thirty eight. Four minutes, 38 seconds. How Darth Vader returned to kill the Tusken Raiders cannon. Uh, three minutes, 50 seconds. I know it's hard to stay on that grind and keep churning out content, but, but, did I really need two videos? <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you decide that, listener. And you'll have to ponder that after we move out of the holocron zone into the Death Star Zone. That's no... Moon. That's uh, our opinions on this game, which we're doing because I couldn't think of a better way of doing this. That's right, here in the Death Star Zone, much like we explode the Death Star with our opinions? (laughs) (laughs) We thrust our opinions into the, uh, what is it? Thermal exhaust port. Yeah, thermal exhaust port of the Death Star that is your ears, your your head, your head, your head's the Death Star. Your ears are the thermal exhaust port, and our opinions are X-wing missiles tor- or whatever. Our, our, our photon torpedoes. Yeah, photon torpedoes. That's photon right. Photon torpedoes. I can't. I watched the movie last night, and I can't remember. It's definitely photon torpedoes or phasers. Yeah, phasers. Definitely, you shoot the phaser into the thermal exhaust port. Mm-hmm. It sounds like this podcast is getting off topic, so I'll just say, stay on target, stay on target. (laughs) Anyway, here in the Death Star Zone, we explode it with our opinions by, I guess we're scoring this unfinished game? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yes, yes. We are doing the least critically acceptable thing of playing an unfinished game never intended for release that super was not finished and we're scoring it on a standardized scale of of one to seven unfinished lava monster bosses 
I like it. So you get a chance to fly through the trench with your opinion, and then you give us the number of lava monster bosses it is. That's that's how we're doing this. So 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 let's get this Starcraft out of dry dock, shall we? Let's get this Warcraft out of wet dock. Fucking lethal weapon five might actually happen. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> that, is that your review shrug? <laughs> let's put let's put Mel Gibson up there with his black friend, so no one will call him racist anymore. That'll finish his. <sighs> I'm so tired. Do, do you have final thoughts on the score for this game, shrug? Uh, this this scores this um gets an entire uh mustafar mustafar muskifar uh, what if that whole planet was a lava monster if that whole planet was a lava monster uh that is the score that this would get uh i found on the website uh sacredmattersmagazine.com someone reflecting on Someone who, I don't know, he teaches at a Quaker school. He's reflecting on, uh, you know, watching uh, The Force Awakens with his kids. And uh, I lost my place, oh no. Oh no. Ah, what was I? Oh God. Oh no. That's impossible. You can't be. Um... <laughs> He makes a note due to do like Campbell Lucas believed the story functioned mainly at the psychic level via Jungian archetypes rooted in a shared unconscious. Luke Skywalker's journey, it turns out, led to self-actualization. Jedis, as Lucas recently told Charlie Rose, were, among other things, intergalactic therapists. The hero's journey, in short, provided the romantic coming-of-age blueprint that Lucas's 60s sensibilities desired. Star Wars' depth to mythology also enmeshed it in nostalgia. In following Campbell's blueprint, Lucas partook of a larger current of religious scholarship. Among its leadership was Merkea Aliade. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but he is the huge fan of fascism I mentioned earlier. Also, he wrote a lot of books, um, a lot of novels that were about older dudes being really horny, one of which was adapted into a movie by uh, Francis Ford Coppola is one of his later um, not very good movies. Uh, a scholar now nearly as discarded as Campbell, but far more erudite. In the once revered book called The Myth of Eternal Return, Eliade sought an antidote to what he called the terror of history, a purely secular vision of time in which change brought only loss and decay for meaning. Eliade looked to myth and ritual, and then he argued societies found renewal by connecting to the founding of the world to the, quote, really real, end quote. Uh, and, I mean, maybe Eliade, other than being a huge fan of fascism and uh, movies where being struck by lightning means uh, suddenly uh, co-eds want to fuck aging college professors that definitely aren't based on himself, um, maybe he was on to something. Like, maybe it's the terror of history that made people watch, like, The Last Jedi and go, oh, my God, this is my Star Wars, and my whole identity is in this thing, because it had really taken the place 
a modern myth. And what's more horrific than uh, finding your basic baby stories that are uh, experienced by you as a foundation of myth. Uh, they're being challenged and changed and uh, treated to uh, actual psychological uh, realism to a degree. Anyway, um, that's what I found. And it's probably not really very valid at all. I just wanted to talk about how I found the name that I uh, mentioned in passing about an hour ago. I did it. Um, space wizards are okay. Um, what a mess uh, we've made of everything. Entire planet of lava bosses. Thank you. Uh, this is the video game equivalent of the Star Wars Christmas special. One, one out of out of ten. That was easy. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm still playing Super Star Wars, and it's uh, miserable. I don't know, it's an unfinished game. I give it one one three eight out of seven Death Stars. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> Death Stars. This this very successful segment. <laughs> I'm trying to think of any closing remarks other than I haven't watched a lot of Star Wars. I don't. I mean, I've watched all the main movies. Um, I just rewatched. No, that's not true. I haven't seen the newest one yet, so I'm not even cut off on that. I watched uh, uh, the the middle one, The Last Jedi, and it was pretty good. I thought, as a film in and of itself, it it was lacking. But as a Star Wars film, it was remarkable, which I guess says a lot about what I think of Star Wars, um, especially the first one of this trilogy that's just coming out. Uh, so, yeah, that's my feelings on that. This game is very much a remnant of when we thought video games had to look exactly like the movies they were being released to support and also had to feature the same plot and also had to feature way too many enemies. I can't think of... Are they, do they make movie tie-in games on consoles anymore? It's probably all on your phone now. The kids these days, all they do is look at their phones. You know, back in my day, we played Super Nintendo games, and and then our our fathers told us to turn down that damn noise. <laughs> we got a kind of concurrent one for, uh, yeah, for uh, Rise of Skywalker, but it had nothing to do with the movie. It was just a... Uh, release date synergy. Mm, yeah, horny for that release date synergy. So anyway, it's a, all all new video games are gotcha games. I'm old, and I prefer Super Star Wars to modern games, which makes me a monster at the end. So uh, how does one review a game that cannot be fairly reviewed at all? And reviewing it serves no function, no purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're talking yourself out of this. Well, uh, here, I'll explain it to you. This is actually a finished game. This game was completed and released in retail. <laughs> Jedi Mind Trick, come on, you're supposed to repeat it. God, it <laughs> was completed and was, complete, was released at retail. Uh, clearly, my Uncle Ben needs to teach me a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> 
with great force comes great responsibility, after all. Did you know that residents of New Donk City are called New Donkers? Anyway, sorry, thank you. Moving on from that. New Donkers? (laughs) Do you think any of them have ever read Hog? (laughs) So here's what I'm giving. I'm giving it 7 out of 7 Lava Monster Bosses for the experience of how easy it was to find the ROM on the Hidden Palace's excellent website. It was very easy to find. It was very easy to download. It was very easy to find the almost non-existent trivia about this game. Their website's very good. They they seem to be okay. I haven't heard anything bad about these people. Hopefully that will stay true. It's video games, so who knows? And yeah, uh, this game sure was unfinished, and but it I sure had a lot of fun clowning around in it, so I'm just giving it seven, because why not? Seven's a nice number. Mario gave Luigi a copy of Hog for uh, International Brother Day. Anyway. Star Wars. Now that we all definitely have a clear idea about what that segment was about, <laughs> including me, I am go- I, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. And I want to know from my intrepid crew exploring uh this sector and find and meeting and interacting with the glowing cloud monster that's also but a child to even if it's been around for thousands of years for us i'm trying to bring it back to the star trek joke from the beginning of the episode if you want to be found online and want to promote some shit where can you be found? And what shit do you want to promote? Uh, I explore strange worlds and old civilizations, mostly. Uh, shrug on the select button forums at Shrugopolis on Twitter. Uh, I don't tweet that much. Sometimes I make a joke. Sometimes I am a joke. Sometimes both. Uh, yeah. I'm also on No Rangers Allowed, being a dwarf with my lovely friends who are all much less obnoxious than me. Uh, harass a local Cuba to make them stop playing Warcraft and just churn out episodes. Who cares about his? mental health or well-being don't actually do that we all care about that uh baby tabletop games at shrug.itch.io or you can just go to nub.zone i think that's me i think set phasers to stun Hi, I'm Ramona. You can find me on my website uh, at lonelyfrontier.net uh, that has all of my info as far as social media and blogs and whatnot. Um, also a link to my Patreon where I am uh, currently developing a video game exclusively for my Patreon backers. Also, unlike William Shatner, you could find me at Mastodon. Uh, hit me up uh, at Ramona um, at cyber.space. Um, anyway, and the Cosmic Ballet goes on. I am Kania. 
aka Vasylvania, which is like Castlevania, but backwards. I, I, when I first told my wife this name, she internally thought to herself and didn't tell me this, that it sounded like I was making a joke at the expense of dyslexic people, um, which I'm not. And she only told me this recently and I'm like, ah, shit. So I might just I might just be Kania later. Anyway, uh, so uh, you can find me on the selectbutton.net forums as Vassal Kania. I'm the host of the podcast that this feed is on, the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad podcast. If you don't know what that is, that's weird. But you can go to snes.club. It's not snes.zone anymore because I let that expire, and I don't. I'm now I can't get it. So it's nest.club. So uh, go there, and you can find you know downloads and Twitter feeds and shit. It's great. Uh, that's, I guess I'm Vasilcania on Twitter. I haven't tweeted in months. I don't log on Twitter anymore because uh, every time I do, I just hate everything a little bit more. And I don't like that feeling. <laughs> um, also I'm just consumed by, by not tweeting. It's the best thing is just not tweeting. Uh, that's it. I think that's it. That's it. And I am your host, Automatic Tigress. You can find me at automatic tiger on twitter and you can find out more about the podcast at book of mega drive on twitter um and you can subscribe to this feed like it'd be weird if you're listening to this without subscribing but maybe we'll get some hot new listeners from star wars yeah i'm saying you're hot you're great listeners you're looking great i really like what you're doing with your hair um and and that shirt that shirt is amazing thank you <laughs> well that yours is too but i mean i'm talking about the listeners oh 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 sorry i well i was listening to you so i thought okay i understand now thank you th- thank yeah. you for for clarifying i don't want to exclude that from the people here but i i am talking to the listeners our our, our intrepid crew is very hot too with great hair and excellent <laughs> shirts but i'm talking about the listeners this has been the book of mega drive uh i hope you liked listening to it uh i hope you liked our art house episode this week this month which may or may not be posted any time near when it was recorded i hope you all enjoyed it i hope you all stick around and the sign-off as always is i don't have a sign-off yet Thanks for listening. Live long and prosper. Oh, yeah, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Peace and long life. Spaceballs. (laughs) (laughs) May the sports be with you. Oh shit, that's right. I forgot I was going to make a joke about playing X-Wing versus Street Fighter. I forgot. <laughs> the soundtrack to uh, uh, did the Phantom Menace prior to the uh, movie being released. I remember this because one of the tracks is Qui-Gon's Noble End. I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe it was just a tribute to his ass. Liam Neeson is definitely going to survive in this movie. It's just...
Yoda's going to give a speech about how great his butt is and how it elevates the Jedi Order to have the Neeson's ass. 